by the way, most religions in the world, most religions are just spiritual Amazon. That's all they are. It's just a spiritual way of placing orders. It, it looks like you're being spiritual, but all it is is you, you have a wish list and you want those wishes to be fulfilled and you're calling it prayer. That's not prayer. That's just your material wishes. And unfortunately, what Muslims have also done is we've reduced this beautiful thing Allah calls dua and we've reduced it only to worldly wishes. And then we say, Allah is not answering my dua. I, the most common question I get around the world is why is Allah not answering my dua? And every single time, if I have the time and I don't want to embarrass someone in front of others, I take them to the side and say, tell me about your dua, will you? And they say, well, I don't, I want my daughter to marry this guy, but she keeps saying no. And I've been making dua for three years and she's still saying no. I was like, okay, so your dua is, Ya Allah, allow me to control the thoughts and feelings of my daughter. And somehow Allah decided not to give you control over another soul. And that's the problem that Allah is not answering your dua. Because you don't have a dua, you just want control. That's, that's what you want. And why would God give you that? I mean, would you want me or your daughter to make dua that she controls you? Because then he won't answer that dua either. So what, what have we done? We've turned dua into something very aspiritual. And people hide behind the hadith that says, oh, even ask for a shoelace. You ain't asking for no shoelace, let me tell you. And even people that were asking for a shoelace, the, the, the point of that hadith was, when you are in the right path, then every one of your needs will be taken care of by Allah. But we're asking for the wrong things. We just, we just, we're just like children that are stubborn. We just want what we want. And then we're like, Allah is not answering my du'as. Um, yeah, that's because your, your heart's in the wrong place. Your heart's just in the wrong place. There's, there's no trust in Allah. There's no, there's, this is when we become distant from Allah. Allah says, Allah knows you don't know. It could be something bad. For, you hate something, but it's good for you. It could be something you love, but it's bad for you. Allah knows. Do you trust that Allah knows? Yeah, but I really want this. Yeah, but do you trust that Allah knows better? Yeah, but I really want it though. So just tell me an ayah that I can use to get this. You know? So th th this is us turning our religion into a shopping list. You know? Like other religions. That's what other religions were for. Our religion, we don't come to Allah for our wishes. We come to Allah because He says, before you even came out of your mom, you were given a direction, a sabil. This is why you're here. Why are you forgetting that? And every other gift we have in life, marriage, children, job, money, health, good things that come in our life, those are like, you know when you're on the road and you stop for a snack and you keep going? Those things, that's all those things are. That's all those things are. You're on a journey, you only stop to refuel and you keep going on that journey. And you stop and you keep going on that journey. And if your car breaks down, you get another car, you keep going on that journey. That's this journey in life for the Muslim. For everybody else, they get to the stop and they're like, wow, I love this stop. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm going to move into this gas station. You know, <laughs> Allah made us bigger for a bigger purpose than that. He made us for a sabil. We get caught up on the sidetracks on the road, you know. So anyway, that's something that I thought everybody should be thinking, I should be thinking about, you should all be thinking about. Now, the ruh, it seems, the spiritual intellect, the ruh that was given to us, Allah refers to its processes in the heart, right? So it resides in the heart. But it's not the only resident. The, the heart is like an apartment building. It's got a few residents. And it's, its most valuable resident, of course, is the heart. But it has some other permanent residents. Um, jealousy lives in there. 
Anger lives inside the heart. Uh, greed lives inside the heart. Um, you know, insecurity lives inside the heart. Selfishness lives inside the heart. Happiness lives inside the heart. Sadness lives inside the heart. Care lives inside the heart. Love lives, lives in, There's lots of residents inside this heart. There's lots and lots of them. And the ruh is inside the heart. But the thing with the ruh is it's the most helpful neighbor. It goes to all those other residents and says, I can help you. I can help you not go crazy. I can manage you. So the ruh is kind of managing all these other wild residents inside. But you know what? Sometimes human beings don't want to listen. Those other neighbors, they don't want to listen to the ruh. They just want to, I'm just angry. But Allah says, no, no, I'm angry. And then you, you're, you're now, your heart has surrendered. The building has been given up to one resident, anger. Or it's been given up to another resident, fear. You understand? So the, the ruh is supposed to be in sort of, it doesn't take over, it doesn't remove all your other emotions, but it keeps them under control. It keeps them manageable. You're supposed to have some anger. You're supposed to have some greed. You're supposed to have all of those things at some level you're supposed to have, all of those emotions. But without the, the, the ruh having its, its strength, by the way, where does the strength of the ruh come from? It comes from it feeding. And what is, it's made of light. So what does it have to feed on? Light from revelation, from Allah's word. Sign up for Bayana TV today and watch this deeper look of Surah Al-Insan plus many existing surahs and future surahs to come.